You know what time it is. It's time for the Memphis Expressing Goal with my two favorite people, Daniel and Michelle. Take it away. The unofficial podcast of the Memphis Express, bringing you news, stories, videos, and so much more. This is Expressing Goal. Welcome aboard flight crew to flight 31 of the Memphis Express and Goal podcast. My name is Daniel. Joining me, as always, is my co-host and now lucky charm for the Memphis Express, Michelle. I'm so excited that I was there for the first win of the Memphis Express. But before we get into that, we've got something fun we've added to the show. We have not used sound bites in a while. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We have some new sound bites. A lot of these are from our interview with Crochet. So I'm going to play a couple of them now and then we'll just kind of figure out a way to like pepper more in. So here's a couple of awesome, fun new sound bites. Are you serious? Do you not see any issues with this? I do. <laughs> I don't know why she shake your hand and bow now. <laughs> oh, and then this one's my favorite. I have no idea how we'll use it, but I love this one. At a club. <laughs> That was in our conversation with DJ Jacob W., right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So if you want to hear more about that and what the club is, go check out that interview we did with... Oh, it was the interview with Cochet. Yeah, the interview is... uh, You'll see it. It's on the website. But the bonus content that had pretty much like all those sound bites is actually on Patreon. So you can go and check it out there. Which is memphisaaf.com slash Patreon. So shall we get into this week in AAF? Yeah, let's do it. Last week, we have brought up the APL because we hadn't heard much about them in a while. The American Patriot League? That's the one. Ugh, okay. <laughs> so I looked into it a little bit to see where they are, and not surprising. Get your league together. <laughs> All right, what's the status? I saw somewhere, I think it was in a, one of the Facebook groups, that a coach was talking about how they haven't been paid yet. Not surprising. And... They had announced that there's so much going into the league and there's so many things they need to worry about that they're not going to be able to put a quality product out if they launch this year. So they're postponing the first season until 2020. Okay, again, not surprising. But how do you think that you could possibly compete with not only the success of the AAF, but the the coming of the XFL in the exact same year that you want to launch? Like, Plus, if you don't have money at this point, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff with the startups where you need different levels of funding, but if you're already having problems, seems like it's not going to all come together. Yeah, it's not looking good. One of the things you look at with startups is competition, and there is some fierce competition when it comes to spring football. Absolutely. So not surprising. And speaking of the success of the AAF, so we're going to talk a little bit about their funding issues, quote unquote. Oh, I was like, what? What? Oh, this is is this more Darren Rubble stuff? No, we're we're moving past him. I don't think I have any updates on him. Besides, he's still a tool. <laughs> yeah, okay, definitely still a tool. But oh, by the way, who still says tool? I don't think I've heard that used as a put down since like middle school. Look, I'm trying to keep it family friendly and I can't say what I really <laughs> want to say about him. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. With the latest investment from Tom Dundon, is his name. The $25 million, no, $250 million. Get it right. Yeah, I got it. So he has opened the door to other partners. So now they are looking to bring in much bigger advertising partners. I'm so mad right now because all of this like media crap that the AAF is failing could not be more wrong. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm a little hot about this. I am. I am. Thank you, Koshay. I am hot about this. (laughs) 
And if you notice, so week one, there was like hardly any ads. Week two, they started bringing in more. And as the weeks progressed, they've gotten, not only have they added to the ads, which but they haven't taken away because they do that picture in picture thing. But every week there's new ads, there's new companies, which means that more and more advertisers are hopping on board. Ah, all aboard. Yep. And so now they're talking about how there's gonna be a lot of traditional sponsors that are going to test it out. And you'll be seeing a lot bigger corporations buying into this league. That's just so awesome. I mean, it, it just gives more levels for funding. And I mean, obviously, they can do a lot more with more money. So it's just with more money, there, you, there's going to be more visibility because that's the purpose of marketing and therefore spending money. And with more money and funding and visibility, hopefully that means longevity and this thing sticks around. That's where the money's going to come from is these national sponsors that are buying ad space on the broadcast, not necessarily from ticket sales. Now, that is going to be a huge part of it. A lot of people are putting too much emphasis on the lack of attendance at these games. Yeah, I think we should be looking at any attendance as a bonus. I mean, maybe that's putting the bar too low, but I don't have a problem with low attendance numbers. Yeah, I'm the fact that they got 10,000 people to show up to something that has no groundwork whatsoever, not groundwork, but... You know, a brand new league with no history, no nothing. 10,000 people decide to show up. And an 0-3 record? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Give it to me. Right. Ooh, sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like the worst week for attendance. But when you look at Birmingham, they had tornado warnings and actually tornadoes touching down in the area. And Utah had that massive snowstorm. Like people aren't going to get out in that weather. Right. So low attendance, not a big deal. And the fact that there was no games in San Antonio, which San Antonio is killing it in attendance Absolutely. by far. Yeah. But what's really important is when you look at the viewership overall for people watching the games, like watching the broadcast mm -hmm. and not including, I'm assuming, like the unofficial YouTube and Reddit streams. Viewership is in like the 400,000s. Okay. Which it outperformed the NFL Combine. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of not surprising. Sure, sure, sure. No but, one watches the Combine and it's not that interesting. Sure, sure, sure. But it's still like 400,000 people and it went up week over week. Okay. So it's increasing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I did listen to uh, the boys at the yard this week on the Shipyard podcast and they were talking about, oh, it was last week's episode actually when they interviewed Crochet and Jeff Garner, the president of the fleet, were talking about how Trends are what they want to see. Things are trending up. Based on all the metrics they are seeing, they're very encouraged. So I think we should be too. Absolutely. And just to add on to good trends, TNT had picked up one game earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. They have now added two more games. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So a big network saying like, hey, give us some more. We should also say that's why the game time changed last week was for TV and broadcast and everything. Because of that, and, and we want visibility on this league, I would just say be flexible and be patient if, if changes happen. Yeah. Everything is looking good. So a little bit of news from our friends out west, the Arizona Hotshots. Okay. I can't remember when, but obviously like we're probably not going to make it to the game, but they're doing a Pride Night coming up. What? Yeah. That's so cool. In Arizona? Arizona's yeah. a conservative state. Yeah. That, I want to go. Can we go? I want to go. Uh, if you can figure out the logistics, uh, probably not. So we'll celebrate their pride here. There we go. And just a quick heads up to look forward to in the future. The next home game is in two weeks against the Birmingham Iron. They're coming to Memphis. Okay. And Brandon Barnes is from that area uh -huh. that was affected by the tornadoes. Uh -huh. 
So he's working with the team to raise money to help the people that were affected. So if you want to go to the game, the family section, which is behind the end zone opposite of the hub, is going to be $8 a ticket. Wow. That's amazing. And like, do proceeds go to? Yeah. All net proceeds, like net profits, will go to the victims. Oh, that's so cool. If we didn't already have tickets, I would buy tickets. I mean, I might buy some just to give away. Yeah. Maybe we could do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something like that. All right. We'll do a giveaway. If you want to go sit in the family section, and honestly, I don't think anybody's going to care if you want to slide on over to the hub and join us. Hashtag join us in the hub. Let us know and we'll do some sort of giveaway. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Hashtag do your part. And the last bit of news we have is that the AAF and the NFL are close to coming to an agreement to let some NFL players play in the alliance during the offseason. What? Yeah. My mind is blown. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. So right now, if you... Well, well, the, <laughs> I okay. I'll wait. Th- that's the sound of my mind <laughs> being blown. Okay, go ahead. So, if you weren't aware, right now with the NFL contracts, if you have a NFL contract, then you can't play for like any other league. I was not aware. So, thank you for telling me. Yeah. So that's why, like, if um, like Josh Johnson, he signed a futures contract to play for Washington. Right. So he's not on the roster, but because he has a contract. He can't play for the fleet, which they are pretty bummed out about right now. Right. If this kind of comes to fruition, some of the lower level players will get the ability and the option to play for the Alliance to help develop, get the reps they need to make you know, an active roster in the NFL. Oh, so we're not going to see like Aaron Rodgers come. No, <laughs> I don't think these the guys with hundred million dollar contracts are going to risk playing the Alliance for. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's going to be like the bubble guys, the third or fourth stringers that can go either way. Every time you say that, I think you say Bubba. You're saying bubble. Yes, bubble. Okay. So there we go. Okay. So to everyone who says or thinks that the AAF is trying to compete with the NFL, please look at this news and then suck it. (laughs) Dan almost spit out his (laughs) teeth. So now I want to give a big shout out to our producers this week. All righty. Our executive producer this week is K.O. Farley. Our producers are Rodrigo Villagomez, Brian Winslow, Van Awesome, Andrew Martin, Jeffrey Cox, Zachary Garden, and Dakota Muller. If you would like to be a producer and to check out all of our bonus content, again, go to memphisaaf.com forward slash Patreon. So before we get into the recap of the rest of the season, I had a chance to talk to none other than Mr. Reese Horn. Yeah, so because... Koshe went on the Shipyard podcast last week. I was like, we got to get a guest this week. Let's see if we can get a player. So Dan reached out and I was like, wait, you want to talk to Reese Horn and not Met and Bacon Cheeseburger? Met obviously is a bigger name who's had conversations with bigger outlets. And I want to focus on some of the lesser known guys. All right. And Reese Horn has an incredible story playing in Austria and Italy before coming back to the States. And and he also had a big game this week. Yeah. So he's leading the, the team in receiving yards. All right. And if you watch this past game, he had that amazing catch where he dove for the completion. And you talked to him about that in, in this interview. Oh, yes. All right. Let's get into it. All right, everybody. We are here with Reese Horn, wide receiver of the Memphis Express, team leader in reception yards, and had one of the most, it, actually, I'm going to say it, the most amazing catch so far of the AAF. Welcome to the show, Reese. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like we just had to start 
with that catch last week, that diving catch from Mettenberger, insane. Just kind of walk me through that. Like, what was going through your head? Like, was there any thought? Was it just reaction? And going back and watching that tape, just kind of like, just just walk me through it because it was so amazing to watch. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, just it was a simple go route and uh, met through it a bit inside. So I just had to make a play and was trying to make this play for the team. And I saw an opportunity and just had to lay out and ho- glad I caught it and uh, got a few more yards after I got up and uh, kept it moving. So uh, secured the catch and uh, just trying to make a play for the team. I love it. I love that that mentality, that team mentality and the fact that mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, they always tell you, you know, play to the whistle and the defense decided not to, and you took advantage of it. Tell me just a little bit, like what it's been like to play for the Express and kind of play under Mike Singletary. Yeah, I've I've loved uh, playing for the Express so far, and uh, rolling into Week Five. You know, we're going to be uh, down in Atlanta. We got a great game plan going on, and just absolutely love going to work with these guys every single day. Uh, coaching staffs to the players to uh, the trainers to everybody in between the. It's been a real, it's been, you know, nothing but business and, and good times and uh, playing for coach Mike Singletary. It's, it's always an honor, you know, growing up, learning his name and seeing film of him and, you know, college football hall of fame, NFL hall of fame. You want to put your best foot forward every day for that man because what he's done for the game of football and uh, kind of paved the way for, for a lot of guys. So it's been great. You know, everyone in the locker room has got the same mindset. You know, we want to, you know, we're starting off one and zero from you know getting the win against San Diego last week, and and we're just we're, we're moving forward one day at a time, you know, one week at a time, and uh, having fun while we do it, and playing fast. That's what we're. Uh, that's our mindset going into Atlanta this weekend. Awesome, I love it. Tell me a little bit about your timeline. You know, how do you get from the University of Indianapolis to Austria to Memphis and everywhere in between? Yeah, so I was a 2016 December graduate from the University of Indianapolis. Uh, shout out to my fellow Greyhounds. That was a great time there. And then I went right into uh, combine training in Indianapolis as well, so I didn't have to go too far for the NFL. And I went there. Uh, I was at uh, St. Vincent's Sports Performance down there and ended up getting a workout with the Indianapolis Colts for a weekend but didn't sign. The next weekend, drive down to Nashville with the Titans and end up getting signed there through preseason. So I was there for mini camp, you know, OTAs, preseason and all that, and then got let go. And then, yeah, and then I actually was in Italy for a season overseas and that was a good time. And then came back and then actually went over and this is where Austria comes into the picture. They they kind of reached out to me late and didn't really have any other serious offers on the table at the time, and uh, but I knew I wanted to continue playing because I, of what I have to offer, and so had a great time there, great experience. You know, we, uh, me and my fellow import there, Garrett Saffron, who was the quarterback, he's from California, and we did a lot of great things out there for the Vienna Vikings organization, and uh, had a great time doing it too. So I have nothing but love for those people over there. And then with about two weeks left into the season over there in Vienna, I actually get a call from my agent talking about the new Alliance League and specifically Memphis and how they want to see my film. And I thought that was really cool. I was excited. And so I sent my film over to my agent and he, he got back to me in a couple of days saying that the Express, Memphis Express want, want to sign me as a receiver. And I, you know, I was 
nothing but happy with that. I was still focused on that season, but at the same time, I you know I knew who the head coach was. I knew what type of league this was going to be and the type of athletes that they were going to bring to this league. It was just nothing but excited and uh, ready to get going with finishing that current season in Vienna, but also to start this new chapter with the Memphis Express hitting the ground running and just put putting my best foot forward, playing my best ball, and just helping this team win and making plays when I can. And that's that's the mentality I bring to every single day, really, whether it's practice or films or or game. So that's kind of my timeline and kind of where I've been and better yet where we're going. And that's to win this whole league with the Memphis Express. So ready to roll. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't want to focus too much on the past. You know, you're looking to the future, looking to the next week. But, you yeah. know, I just had to ask, what was it like playing overseas versus playing in the U.S.? Yeah, uh, it's definitely different at first. You know, I kind of explain it to people. It's not like you're going to just vacation over over in Europe. You know, you're actually there for for six and a half months. And at first, for me personally, it was a culture shock. You know, you just you know you're away from your friends and family and and your uh, quote unquote routine that you might get used to day in and day out. So definitely had to step out of my comfort zone, if you if you would say. But for me personally, it was uh, it was one of the best decisions I've made personally because it led me to the Memphis Express here. Being over in Italy, being over in Vienna, they, those were stepping stones and forever grateful for the, the people out there that I've met along the way because they showed me nothing but love, both in Italy and in Vienna. And uh, they knew what it's like, you know, for a guy, you know, over, you know, from a different country living in your country, you know, you want to make them feel as, as welcome as possible. So that's, you know, what... What each country did, especially, you know, Vienna, those were about as professional an organization as you can get over in Europe. And Chris Kalakai, our head coach there, he's an American actually, but now lives over in Vienna. And he made sure I was taken care of and made sure Garrett, our quarterback, was taken care of. And just anything that we needed, they would make sure that we got. And Austrians included over there, not just Chris. And uh, so I tip my hat to them for really making me feel at home and in turn when you feel at home and you feel your best, you know, personally, that means you can, you can do other things to the best of your ability, hence play football, which is why I was over there and help, you know, bring my best game each, each and every day for them. So it, it's definitely, it was a culture shock at first. One of the best times of my life, because I got to see a little bit of Europe that I would never would have got to if I just would have gone into working or, you know, whatever. So, but uh, the Vienna Vikings over there, that, those are a great organization. I'm looking forward to following them throughout their season this season as they're gearing up and um so yeah definitely different but at the same time football is football and uh they had a great crowd great atmosphere great fan base over there and uh definitely definitely have some great memories there that's awesome yeah i've heard you know a lot about how the popularity of football is really growing in europe and that's just really exciting to see you know it's really good for the sport now we've seen like all these other leagues popping up that it's it's exciting because, you know, football is my favorite sport. So it's exciting to see yeah. that popularity over everywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and there's actually a question from the Facebook group from Bill Alexander. So I got a couple more questions from the fans to throw at you. Yeah, no problem. Charlie Sword asks, what made you decide to sign with the AAF and what do you like about it? What made me decide to sign with the Alliance was the caliber of athletes that they have in this league and how serious the NFL also takes this league with hopefully all of the athletes dream is to get back into the NFL or get to the NFL. That's, um, that's my dream personally. So I saw that I sat down with my agent 
and just sat down with friends and family. And I really looked up this league and how credible all of the, you know, names, whether it's coaching staff, whether it's the player personnel with Troy Palomalu, Heinz Ward, and Bill Polian, and obviously Charlie Ebersol as well, kind of the names and, and just the whole backing behind this league. And I thought it was just such a great idea, a great niche to fit in, you know, when the NFL ends, this league starts and it just rolls in right into training camp too. So for me, I, I saw a huge opportunity with this and I didn't really ask many questions. I just signed and, and was ready to just hit the ground running. Awesome. And then the other questions coming from David A. Connors. What is the biggest mm-hmm. difference from catching balls between Matt, Hack, and Silvers? Yeah, uh, all three of those quarterbacks are great. Zach's got a lot of zip on his on his football. Hack, you know, they both. It's hard to it's hard to tell, but at the same time, uh, all three great quarterbacks. I take reps with all three of them, you know, day in and day out, and love catching from all three of them. Matt can put some heat on that ball, no doubt about it. And I know every, all the receivers in the in the group would say the same, especially when it's cold out. You got to warm up your hands just a little bit more when you're when you're throwing with Mr. Zach Medenberger. So, but at the same time, they all three they throw great. And no matter who it is of that group, I always love you know running my routes for for them and and letting those guys know that I'm you know I'm ready to catch this ball for you, man. So awesome, yeah. Memphis really Ooh. got lucky with just so many talented quarterbacks to choose from. And absolutely, you know, such a sol- solid stable of guys, really exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've been to several practices and I know it's pretty much without fail that you're always the, if not the last one, one of the last guys out on the field, you don't stop working until the very end. Kind of tell me a little bit about that mentality and that mm-hmm. drive that you have. Yeah, that, that was, um, honestly, it's just instilled in me at a young age. You know, it starts with my dad, Chris Horn. He he pretty much told me at a young age, he goes, he goes, always be the hardest worker in the room and just know that there's someone out there that's wanting to take your job. So for me, whether that was high school, college with the Titans overseas and now here in Memphis, you know, the mentality hasn't changed. It's always, you know, be the first one in, be the last one out and just make sure you're doing your job the best you can. And if there are plays that we get wrong during practice or there's things I need to me personally, I need to clean up and, and get right. I'll stay after practice and do that and throw with throw Zach and throw with the quarterbacks or just, you know, get my timing down on routes better or, you know, sell it a little bit more with a certain fake or, you know, run a little bit extra with conditioning, you know, just certain things that want to correlate to the game so that when you get to that Saturday night or Sunday, you know, you're hitting the ground running and you're playing your best ball that you can play personally. So for me, yeah, it definitely started at a young age. My older brother as well, Jonathan Horn, he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school, kind of kind of molded me into that receiver and that mindset. I don't really say too much. I do at times when it needs to be said, but for me, it's it's never changed. It's always just, you know, just come to work and be a team player and and just make plays for your for the guys that are lining up next to you. I think the quickest way to earn your teammates respect is to just show up and know what you're doing and make plays for them and to show them that uh, you're here to ball and you're here to help this team win any way possible. So that's kind of my mindset. I love it. And it's really shown, you know, start out week one. I think you were, you're a little bit deep on that depth chart, but now, you know, you've moved up starting wide receiver, you know, number one on that, that chart. So it's definitely paying off and, you know, both on the stat sheet and just, overall production for the team and I'm loving it. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So 
get all the serious stuff out of the way. Let's have a little bit of fun yeah. on the show and sports in general. You know, nicknames are a really big deal. And on this show, we've got one that we're quite fond of for Zach. So I want to throw it at you and get your kind of reaction, get your thoughts on it. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. So we like to call him Zach Met and Bacon Cheeseburger. Met and Bacon Cheeseburger. That's that's a good one right there. That's, <laughs> that makes me on, honestly just hungry right now because I haven't eaten dinner yet. But um, man, I think he'd like that. You know, you'd have to you have to talk to him about that because I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to steal a thunder from a great nickname. But I'd, I'd be a fan of that one as well. So. Hey, if you just want to let it slip sometime, just calm that in the huddle or something. Hey, we'll, yeah. we'll be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just got to make sure I know what I'm doing in the huddle before we break. And then I'll, I'll say thanks. Yeah. Med and cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yep. And then obviously you had your big, you know, breakthrough in show business. You got to be, you know, equal parts on an episode of the Met show. Mm-hmm. So from that, you know, we learned a little bit about you and your favorite animal being the lion. So I wanted to... Mm-hmm give you that nickname but you know with reese horn there's not a whole lot you can kind of correlate to with a lion so mm-hmm. this is something that we came up with let us know what your uh what your feelings are mm-hmm. so <laughs> what we're thinking is after a big play before you get up just get on your hands and knees and roar and kind of like swipe your paw like a lion that way we can give you the lion nickname oh man I, you know, I, if, I, if I'm feeling it right there, you know, if I if I dove out or something again, and, and I'm and I'm on the ground, you know, you know, the line might come out. You never know, but yeah, we might have to work on that one. Might have to <laughs> work right, on right. that one. No pressure or anything, but no. you know, just keep that in the back of your mind. Let it percolate, kind of. Yep, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is there any other like guys on the team that have like a really cool nickname that you know of? Um, well, we all know with. Uh, with our Mr. 96, Big Anthony, we call him Freak. So mm-hmm. he's that's that's a circulating nickname. That's a household nickname, honestly, on the team. And it, I also heard uh, from Matt Singletary that you call him, was it Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal? I, I have not heard that. Honest <laughs> to God, I have not heard that yet. But hey, okay. I'm sure they got a lot going on in the D-liner, and those guys are awesome. Maybe that's so, something to keep in private. Mm, but mm. Um, I know with our uh, my boy Pig, fellow receiver number 81 that's his nickname they just call him pig and i'm not sure about anybody else's nickname i can't think of anyone else on the spot but i'm a fan of a big of a good nickname though if it comes around and you're feeling it so yeah well that just means that we have a lot of room to work with to come up with our own so perfect there you go. <laughs> on the team who is like the the goofy guy like the guy who's just hardly ever serious oh man I joke with my man, Pig, number 81. Like I said, just said, fellow receiver. Me and him joke around a lot. At the end of the day, it's all love with him. And uh, we're always pushing each other to uh, to just be great, period. The O-line, in general, I can't single out a single one because they're always, you know, no matter what football team you're on, I feel like the O-linemen are always the funniest guys. They have, you know, the most charisma and, and the most jokes. And those guys, I mean, it's just never a dull time when you, when you stroll <laughs> through by the O-line room or, you know, and them in the locker room. I just kind of, I like just to listen to see what they say. Cause that's just, I mean, it's just so funny. So you can't really name a certain story or anything like that. It's just cause every day is new with them. So definitely the O-line in general would be the funniest guys period. Who has like the most serious demeanor or like, who's like one that's like all business and just always serious. Is there anybody like that? The linebackers. 
my boy Drew, number 53, he, uh, he's got a big, pretty serious demeanor about him, but I always catch him smiling every now and then <laughs> that dude, he, um, he just comes to work and obviously his performance showed last week, he had 14, some tackles and interception and, you know, I think a forced fumble as well. So, you know, he doesn't smile much, but he, I have caught him a few times smiling. So he's, uh, me personally, he's the, one of the best linebackers I've seen play. So, but uh, the linebackers, they're, they're all about their business and the defense in general. And I think that speaks for itself. So those guys, they, uh, they're they all pretty serious. But the DBs, you know, they, they goof around and they, they like to have a good time. Now, I don't want to keep you away from your dinner for too long. So to all the fans that are listening, what are your parting thoughts? We're, uh, a lot of exciting things happening with this team and uh, the direction we're going. So it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And uh, we're excited to, to get to Atlanta. Well, I'm definitely going to be watching. Hopefully the team puts together a watch party so a lot of us can come out and hang out and cheer you guys on from home. But good luck out there. Bring us back a W, man. All righty. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll do. So that was Reese. A really cool guy. I'm so excited to see because like I mentioned, you know, talking to him, he was down a like second or third on the depth chart. And now he's number one. That's so cool. Yeah. And the guys that were above him aren't on the team anymore. Oh, but he is. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. And that really just comes down to his work ethic. Every time I go to practice, he's one of, if not the last guy off the field. Yeah, you were talking about that too. Yeah, that's Reese. Be sure to watch him number 17 when we play Atlanta this weekend. Mega props to Reese Horn for coming on the show. And can't wait to watch you next week. Yeah. So shall we get into the rest of the league before we talk about the Express? The game recaps? The game recap. Oh, let's do this. The Apollos went to Salt Lake to face off with the Stallions. Apollos and Stallions. Yes. Tried to watch this game at the bar after our game. Yes. Right. It was on the TV. And then someone else came in and requested a stupid basketball game. So I couldn't watch it anymore. And I should add that that basketball game was on another television. Right behind them. But they didn't want to turn around. So they had to take away our game. And they weren't even watching the basketball game. Yeah. Selfish. Ugh. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> We're so gross. <laughs> this was the first snow game of the year yeah that was fun to watch yes i know i was wondering how the apollos were gonna do but they came out with the w yeah yeah, yeah. they won 20 to 11 huh. it's gonna be hard to stop them then the next game on the agenda was the san antonio commanders and the birmingham iron what do we predict that I... the commanders are gonna win yeah and they won oh really by a point whoa the final score was 12 to 11 and you don't think that was the game of the week? I, I didn't get a chance to actually watch it. <sighs> that makes me really like I have so much. I might watch it while I'm working. OK, because I like I, I just want to see it. There we go. But the commanders came back after a stunning defeat against the fleet to hand the first loss to the iron of, their, of the season. Oh, that was their first loss. Yeah. All right. Now the iron's sitting at three and one. And so are the commanders. Are they are they two and two in the Apollos? I don't even the know. The Apollos are undefeated. I'm just making stuff up at this point. <laughs> and then the other game, the last game of the week was the Legends and the Hot Shots. Hot Shots won. That was what we predicted. But no, what? the Legends came out with a win. You know what? I got to give it up. I'm proud of them. I'm happy for them. It was time. Same for us. It, we All the like losing teams, both, well, both of the losing teams <laughs> really needed a win this week for a morale boost. What was different? Why did they win this one and not the others? They finally decided, well, they didn't decide to, but they had to switch quarterbacks. Yeah, you were telling me about this and the fact that they should have switched quarterbacks already. Yeah. Aaron Murray is like their 
biggest name. Like that's what people are wanting to see. But he's not the starter. No. Well, he is now, hopefully. Yeah. But they keep playing Matt Sims again and again. And he hurt his hand like early in the game. So they put in Aaron Murray and well, they won. Do you think there's a reason why they didn't put in Murray earlier? I like we speculated it. Uh, Matt Sims's father is Phil Sims, who is a big name when it comes to football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's speculation that he's been flexing his influence to give his son another shot. Are you serious? Y'all, you can tell we got our soundboard <laughs> back. All right. Are we ready for the big game? The Express and Fleet at home. Liberty Bowl this past Saturday, 3 p.m. Let's do it. One big thing that I noticed is that the Express scored the most points in the league this last week. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In all fairness, the Orlando Apollos probably would have, but it's kind of hard to play in the snow. Yeah. So just by default, we got it. It's hard to play in the snow, especially if you're sticking with a run game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the highlight. They had us in the first half. Not going to lie. Okay, here's where I need to be a little honest with the audience here. Yes, I was at the game. Yes, I had a beer or two or eight. I don't even remember. Nine? Was it nine? I don't know. I had a few. Plenty of beer. So I kind of, and at this point, like with so much football happening, I'm kind of blending the games together. I don't really remember a whole lot. So (laughs) Dane's definitely going to have to fill me in on the game, even though I was there. So it started off. Oh, sorry. I remember now. First half. Yeah, not good. Well, uh, what are we going to the half with? Was it like 14 to 6? It was 20 to 15. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that bad. So the first quarter, really, the, the fleet scored 14 points to our three. And it was just more of the same conservative play calling. Well, I, I, I say that it appeared to be conservative play calling on the rewatch. There were a couple of plays that like Medberger threw deep and just was way short. So it could be one that they didn't trust Matt since he w- couldn't make those throws. Or it was just like they're calling those plays, but the coverage was just too good. So it's not just like they're not calling the plays. Like there's so many things that are going on. So just because you don't see these deep passes, it doesn't mean that they're not being called. It was funny because when we were rewatching the game, you and I actually disagreed about how deep he should have thrown a ball because there were like two players. I thought the, the deeper one was open and he should have thrown it deep. But you said no. Yeah, because I can't remember when that was. I wish I had written it down, but I know which one you're talking about. And he threw it underneath. But it, there are two players. Okay, so there are three levels. The check down, which he ended up throwing it to. There was one right behind it who I thought should get it because he was breaking out. But that is like one of the hardest throws to make in football. And Oh, yeah, because that one was running towards the sideline. Yes. Yeah. But if you throw it right, the receiver gets to it, but, but the defender can't. And you're talking about throwing deep, but there was safety help over the top. Right. But he wasn't there. And I think that if Met and Bacon Cheeseburger could could have gotten it out quicker, the defender wouldn't have been there. Yeah. But by the time the ball got there, the defender would have had a had time to make a play. I don't know. I think. But again, so I I was just about to say, like, if Mettenberger threw it maybe up a little bit or threw it deeper, like past the defender. But like you just said, he's not able maybe to really make those deep passes. Well, we know he's able to. Right, but they're a little short. Something was off this past week. Right, so there's no guarantee that if he had made that. Yeah, but if he had thrown it any deeper, like that safety had position, so he would have been there to make a play. So anyway. (laughs) But there were the two plays to Pig Howard that were quite a bit short. Had he thrown them deeper, like those are two touchdowns in the books. Had he actually thrown them where he should have. So the plays are there to be made. It's just a matter of 
getting them done. Yeah. So the, like Dan said, I definitely saw a difference this week with the play calling, which was very exciting. Uh, you know, that was what I wanted to see was changes. We got new quarterback. We got a little bit of different plays, but they're still sticking with what, what works. I mean, Zach Stacy still got the ball. How many yards did he have this week? He had a, a down game. He only had 39 yards mm-hmm. on 18 attempts. So 2.2 yards per carry, which is not good. Our running game this time was not great. I mean, but the, the fleet have a killer defense. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that we got a W over their defense, I think is amazing. Yep. And (laughs) it really has come down to the brilliant play calling by the fleet at the end of the game when they decided to go for the fake punt (laughs) and did not get it. Yeah, not at all. Not even close. That was so much fun to watch. Oh, my God. I was already losing my voice. But at that point, it was just gone because I was just screaming so much. Losing our minds. (laughs) And then... Money McGinnis, as he's being called, four for four on field goals to sink the game-winning field goal. Oh, we should talk about yes. this. Okay, so when if you watched our stories on game day, I called them out in our stories because they were being assholes. Complete douchebags. They were... one of Okay, so it was like this crowd of guys they had on LSU jerseys. One of them was... Was it Brad Wings? Josh Jasper's brother. Josh Jasper's brother. And he was our first kicker that we had. Yeah. On the roster, but he didn't do his job. So he was replaced. And then this group of guys was just heckling the new kicker, Cochet and Will Lewis. I mean, they're just heckling him. But I thought Will Lewis handled it so well. He was like, Are, is he your stepson or something? Like, it was just so funny. He was just like giving it right back, which I loved so much. Yeah. Him and Cochet were both kind of dishing it back to him. Yeah. And after the first half, they didn't make a return. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, Josh Jasper hadn't made a kick over 40 yards this entire season. Austin McGinnis comes in four for four. The game winning field goal was 45 yards and the longest field goal of the day was 46 yards. So Josh Jasper just didn't deserve the job. Yeah. Like I feel for him. Like, you know, it sucks losing your job like that. But at the end of the day, this is a football team. We're here to win. And there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that performance landed him special teams player of the week. Oh, way to go. Yep. Um, what else we got to talk about? No, oh, the announcers were awful. Yeah, Dan was so mad about it. <laughs> they kept <laughs> so our new punter is Ryan Winslow. And I checked the like depth chart that they get, and it said Ryan Winslow on their sheet, but he kept calling him Brad Wing, the previous punter that's no longer with the team. Yeah, and not only that, but like they were talking over the refs when the refs would come back and like turn their mics on to say whatever they needed to say. The announcer was, wouldn't stop talking. Yeah, and they said uh, Christian Hackenberger. Oh yeah, that's not it. Dan was like, they have a list in front of them right now. Look at the list. Look at the name. Get it right. Like Dan was heated. I'm a little hot about this. <laughs> that was so Dan. But one thing that was really exciting is, despite not a stellar game from Mettenberger. It was still a good game. He went 18 for 25 for 174 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. I was happy about that. Yeah, that's the thing. There were a lot of defense, what, four defensive turnovers? Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. More, please. I was I was really happy with defense's game. Yeah. So then we also, while we're talking about the defense, we have to give a huge shout out to AAF Defensive Player of the Week, Drew Jackson. All right, Drew Jackson. So he has something like 14 tackles, like 13 were solo. Four tackles for loss, uh-huh. one sack, and an interception. Way to go. I mean, that's just amazing. Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Yeah. And we're talking to Singletary after the practice yesterday. 
and somebody asked about Drew Jackson, and he was saying that he doesn't realize how good he is, mm. and he's never really had anybody to teach him how to be a linebacker. He's got like all this raw talent, but just not the knowledge to go with it. Was that the one that um, Matt Singletary said? Twisted sex appeal. What was it? Twisted steel and sex appeal. Was that him? No, that's Anthony Johnson. Oh, <laughs> he was a defensive end. Gotcha. But when it comes to learning how to be a linebacker, I can't think of a better person to learn from than Mike freaking Singletary. Yeah, the bear. Yeah. So huge game for our defense. What is really exciting also is they they didn't have a stellar game throughout, but fourth quarter they came up clutch, and that's been. The missing link. Yeah. Is just like not be able to finish games, like playing strong three quarters, but then fourth quarter just letting the other team do whatever the hell they want to. So this one, I mean, overall, still an amazing game. Two forced fumbles from Corey Vereen mm-hmm. and Montori Hughes. That's amazing. And it was Corey Vereen's forced fumble at the very last play for the fleet. Oh, they got us the ball back. Yeah. And we got the field goal. No, we would they would be able to kneel it out at that point. Oh, 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 oh. Because okay. we had kicked the field goal to take the lead. Yeah. And then the next drive, the fleet were trying to come back and win it. And Corey Vereen just got in the backfield, knocked the ball out, and we recovered it. Sweet. Yep. We'll take that. Any day of the week. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to chat with one of the fans. And you may recognize Jacob's voice from my many stories. So if you listen to the ones from this past game, it sounded more like a shriek. Uh, especially when we're listening to some of the music at the stadium. But regardless, here he is. Jacob, welcome to the show, man. Hey, how are you guys doing? How are you? Fantastic. Excited about the win. Still, I'm still riding that high. I'm doing pretty good. I know. I still am. Like, I was talking to my friend who wasn't able to make it to the game this past weekend about, you know, I was like, man, we got our first victory. He's like, yeah, I know. I saw the saw the highlights and it's like sucks that he couldn't have done, but he had a you know what life uh, you know something something was his life that was a little bit more important than football. So I guess we can all agree with that. Sometimes sports has to take a backseat. Rarely, but sure, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, me and my my life revolves around sports. Basically. That's why I'm in Memphis almost every weekend. Let's have drills. <laughs> Pretty much. I know. Jeez. But yeah, I mean, there was. Yeah, the victory was great. I lost my voice even further than I had the from the Monday with the Grizzlies game, that victory. And then uh, then the Grizzlies won after the game, so that was great. You know, Memphis was was uh, two for three in sports. I mean, the, the Tigers lost, but the Grizzlies dominated against Dallas, and then we had a great, great game at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, so that was fantastic. Yeah, I did. I was I was thinking I wasn't going to lose my voice just because like I wasn't yelling that much, but whenever it came to like the fourth quarter, and like yeah. I think like we're down by a touchdown, and then like and then we actually tied up the game. That's oh, whenever yeah. I lost my mind and oh, that threw out my voice. Too. That two point convert, I mean that touchdown, uh, especially, but that two point conversion, yeah, to tie up. Oh, that was that was great. I just like completely yeah lost my crap but they said that there was 16,000 people at the stadium I don't I don't really know if it was true because it seemed like there was less people than the first game yeah it's really hard to tell like I think the paid attendance that they announced was like 13,000 something which was like right around 2,000 more than the paid attendance for the first home game but it's really hard to tell yeah because the stadium of 
like a 60,000 capacity. So when you're looking at like, you know, eight to 10,000 people, it's, it's hard to kind of grasp how many people are actually there. A lot of people aren't aware, even though they, they've, they've been doing a great job advertising, but I mean, just, you know, people got their own lives and then maybe they just don't realize that there is another team in Memphis, which is kind of sucks, but you just got to get the word out more. You know, you see all the billboards around town, you see all the, the stuff on Bill Street. So, you know, this past weekend, there was a horrible storm in like the Georgia, Alabama area. And one of the tight ends, Brandon Barnes, is from that area. So he's working with the team to kind of raise money for relief efforts. And so for the next home game, you can actually get seats in the family section for $8 each. Oh, that's going to be great. I'm going to try to get uh, more people around here to maybe go to that, bring their family or whatnot. Yeah. But I read about, I read about that he was from there and he was raising money. So that's really awesome of him. I, I re- really respect that. Yeah. So it's a great way to help the families that, you know, lost everything in the storms and, yeah. you know, support the local team and just go and have a nice night out with the family or the yeah. friends or whatever. Yeah, that 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 is really exciting. And it means a lot. And mm-hmm. I know the, the the people there, they're I would imagine they're appreciative. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine what they're going through. But yeah. Not imagine they are. But going back to the game, you know, I love the music choice. I gotta I gotta hit this, you know. I love I love the music choice, but I just I wish there was a little bit more Memphis music. Cause you know, you get the, the traditional, you know, uh music that are for you know, sports music, but man, there's just so much Memphis music that would be cool to play. I know they played uh, uh, Three Six Mafia Stay Fly the first game. It's kind of disappointed that they didn't play in this ga- this second game. But you know, you, you just there's so much. Even you know, I'm not the biggest Elvis fan. I'm sorry, people that are Elvis. <laughs> I'm not. I respect what he did with music, but I mean, even throwing some Elvis there because you know he's you know he loved Memphis and did a lot for Memphis, and a lot of these musicians do a lot for Memphis, and they 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 a lot of them put Memphis on the map. You know, especially. Play people like uh, Three Six Mafia. You can't. I don't. I would imagine you can't play Young Dolph at the games, but you know. <laughs> but I mean, even like Chuck Berry's Memphis. You know, that's a iconic rock and roll, early rock and roll song. So that would be cool to play that at the game. And then, um, you know, you just have all this music. But you know, Cochet, if you're if you're listening, you know, just maybe a little bit more mu- uh, Memphis music. But that's a minor complaint. Obviously, I'm not too upset about that. I, I like the, that the Grizzlies play a lot of Memphis local Memphis music at their games, and I think that's really cool. And I know the Redbirds do too sometimes, so that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's something to do with licensing and yeah. getting permission to use the music. But hey, if other professional sports teams are able to do it, then there's no reason why we can't. Yeah, that's true. But I'm excited with what the team's doing, and just excited about all the things they can do. There's a lot going on and I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Yes, exactly. Like I, I this was not meant to be like a bashing thing. This is more of me looking <laughs> forward to things that they could do, obviously, because I am definitely excited. I'm excited for that Memphis. That's going to be the next home game, right? The Memphis. I think so. The, the food truck rodeo. I was, just, I heard food and I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm but in. Cause you got all those five restaurants and I can't remember. I know there's going to be Mem pops and uncle Lou's. But I can't remember the other three places. But I, mean, I know Uncle Lou's because they're they, you know they sell at the games, so I, I remember that. And then Mem Pops, I'm, exci- I'm excited for that because never had a Memphis popsicle before, and I'm excited to uh, to try that out for the first time. Yeah, I had a chocolate one a while back because they partnered with the team and they're giving away like um, swag bags and you get like a free hat and shirt and 
some Ooh. stuff. So like we went to get our swag bag and got a mempop bar there and it was pretty good. I'll have to, I'll have to uh, look into that because that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just um and then the Southern Hot Wings Fest for the last game, that's gonna be amazing. And hopefully there's a huge crowd for that. And hopefully, you know, the 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 ones that do come just for that stay for the game because, mm-hmm. you know, there's football game after the Southern Hot Wings Fest. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that because I'm hoping we can get Koshay and the Atlanta Legends uh, team president to do a hot wing eating contest before the game. Ooh, that would be great. Yeah. You know Koshay is going to do it. He's up for any kind of competition. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome, Jacob. Thanks for coming on the show and kind of giving us your thoughts. If people want to connect with you online or kind of find you, where can they go? On Twitter, uh, at LoneCourier2281. And then at Instagram, it's uh, LoneCourier. And then that's about it. Or you can look me up on Facebook and, you know, Jacob Floyd. I'm sure there's like a billion <laughs> Jacob Floyd. Just you know, go to the official Memphis group and you'll see a ton of posts yeah. and comments from him. It'll be yeah. easy to spot there. But yep, I'm on I'm on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and I post a lot more on Twitter now that I've been part of uh, the podcast. So yeah. you can enjoy my Memphis posts. Awesome. Well, there you go. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. And uh, can't wait to hang out with you in the hub of the next game. Exactly. Thank you. You take care. I just want to reiterate that I am the official lucky charm for the Memphis Express. It was my first game at a watch party or I mean, it was my first Express game really at all. I've watched recaps and stuff, but yeah, this first time you actually get to watch it as it was happening. It was just so cool to be be a part of the whole thing. Yeah. And it's really an amazing experience. It really was. So I'm really looking forward to next week or this week in being at a watch party. So let's get into the previews. The first game of the week would have been two undefeated teams had the iron not lost, but regardless, it's going to be Orlando Apollos against the Birmingham iron. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm going to have to pull for the Apollos just because they have a solid offense and they've been winning games. Whereas the iron, like I've been saying, doesn't have a good offense. They're overrated and their wins have come between a combination of having an amazing defense and a soft schedule. Yeah. And the Orlando Apollos have Garrett Gilbert, who's the arm of the the league. Yeah. He's the best QB in the league right now. Yeah. No, no hands barred. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The next game. Oh, it's no holds barred. That's why it sounded stupid. No holds barred. It still sounds like a weird phrase. What does that mean? No holds barred. Yeah. But isn't it no holds barred? Okay, so it's a wrestling phrase whenever there's no restrictions on what kind of hold you're able to use. That's what? No, that doesn't make sense. Why not? There's got to be more context than that. Is there another definition? It's just used to convey that there are no rules or restrictions apply in a conflict or dispute. Oh, so it doesn't apply in the phrase in the way in which I just used it. No, I think you're thinking of hands down. Best quarterback in the league, hands down. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you still get to use your hands reference. So there we go. So the next game moving swiftly on. It's going to be the Salt Lake Saints and the San Diego Fleet. What do you think? So both are coming up losses. The Fleet were, I think the Fleet is a little more devastating just because they came in so hot after such a big game against the Commanders. And they had us in the first quarter and then just kind of threw it away in the rest of the game. They're devastating or they were devastated? They were devastated. Gotcha. But that's not to say that they're not good. It's just that our defense is elite is there any word on nelson he's gonna be out for a few weeks he broke his clavicle oh wow that's serious which is the same bone that tony romo broke repeatedly and rogers right hasn't rogers broken his clavicle yeah because that's like the collarbone right yeah yeah damn so 
They brought in a new quarterback. But he still did a good job. Alex Ross? Didn't he? He was okay. Oh, okay. Uh, he came out hot with that massive touchdown pass, but after that, he was just kind of all over the place. Gotcha. All right. What do you think? I'm going to go with the Fleeks. I think they're the better team. Yeah, I think I agree with you. But I think it's going to be interesting to watch. It wouldn't be shocking to me if they lost to the Stallions. Yeah. Next, we have the Commanders and the Hot Shots. That's going to be another good one. I mean, I think anyone in the Commanders, except for like maybe us and the Legends, is going to be a good matchup. Yeah. I think that the Commanders looked really good, and then they just got embarrassed by the fleet. And last week, they were kind of... I mean, they only scored 12 points. And the Hot Shots started off strong, but after they played us, like they kind of came down to earth and... So I think there are two teams that looked a lot better than they were. Yeah. And now have kind of come down to reality. So I think it's going to be another evenly matched game. And I think the commanders are going to come out on top. I'm going to go with the hot shots just because why not? Okay. And lastly, we have the two worst records in the league facing off between the Memphis Express and the Atlanta Legends. It bums me out, though, that we're playing each other. We both came off of wins. So now one team is going to have like after this, it's going to be devastating. Yeah. They're coming up really high, high, and going to be really low after this. Yeah, so I'm just hoping that we are the ones that come out with the W. I think we have a better offense. The issue with the ledge is that they can drive down the field, but they're not good in the red zone. Okay. Um, And our defense is killer in the red zone. Yeah. Our defense is keeping us in these games. Our defense won against the fleet. Yeah. So I think that it's just going to be more of the same. Our defense is going to be stout. And if our offense can just fix these few mistakes, then... Things are really clicking, which is what we thought would happen right around mid-season. It would all come together. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pull for us, as always. As always. So where are we going to be watching this game? So we're going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings in Bartlett. There's another watch party, official watch party at the Buffalo Wild Wings in South Haven, right? Yeah, they're both official watch parties. Yeah. But we're a lot closer to the one in Bartlett. Uh, Yeah. So that's where we're heading. So we will be there. What time is the game? 3 p.m. On Sunday? Yes. Okay. Trying to think if I have anything else going on. Nope, I'll be there. You got anything else? I think that's it for me. All right. Well, thank you so much once again for flying on the Memphis Express Single Podcast. If you want the show notes and everything we talked about, just head on over to memphisaaf.com slash 31. If you want to get some sweet-ass merch, we got some hoodies, and I redid them, so the printing isn't going to be an issue, hopefully, in the future. Find that at memphisaaf.com slash merch. If you want to be a producer, simply go to memphisaaf.com slash Patreon. And to follow us on social media, our accounts are... Twitter, memphisaaf. Instagram, memphisaafpod. And facebook.com slash expressing goals spelled out. All right. We'll see you Sunday. And I'm out. Mountain bacon cheeseburger. Juice on the lion. I don't know who else to name, but we're here to talk some some sick game. I messed up. I was spitting some sick bars until I got stuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs>